We do want to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day today. I hope that you're greatly blessed and that those who love you will show their appreciation for who you are as a father. It's a wonderful privilege to be a father indeed. wanted to let you know that not next Sunday, but two Sundays after that, this service will start at 10.30. We're going to move the time back during the summer from 11.10 to 10.30. I see someone over here applauding. Um, and so we will... Uh, We'll move that back to 10.30 for the summer, and that will start on, is that the 29th? June 29th, I think is the date, okay? So it's interesting, you know, I say that, I say, is that the date? And several people reach for their phones, okay? But it makes so, so much sense in our society. June 29th, I think, will be that date. Um, I did want to let you know, uh, well, let me say something about Serve Day first. We will have Serve Day, by the way, next Saturday. If you would like to be part of that, we really would love to have you involved with Serve Day. It's an opportunity for all of us to be involved in our community. We sent out 5,000 pieces of mail to houses in this area in the last week, and we expect that there will be numerous people that will call this week and ask to have us do something with their yard. Uh, it's a... It's actually done in conjoint uh, with a bunch of churches in town. They're focusing on the fact that it was the year after the flood this year. And so we're kind of going back into many of the flooded areas and doing some work there. But in our community, we're going to go ahead and not a whole lot of flooding up here, but we're going to go ahead and um, administer to some, some homeowners here. I, I think I described last week how, how wonderful it was uh, last year, some of the experiences that Robin and I had in, in going into houses uh, people who were very much in need of our assistance, and we were able to help them. Uh, I think we helped about 30, 30 to 35 people last year, and I don't know what kind of numbers we'll have this year. But we'd love to have you sign up. Uh, be prepared to bring your tools. Uh, there will be a meal afterward. You might want to dress for the weather if, uh, uh, you know, if it looks like it's going to rain or whatever. We'll do it kind of rain or shine uh, in terms of helping this, these folks out. If you want to sign up for that, the sign-up sheet is in the Connection Center. It's on the bulletin board, and we'd love to have you do so. It's from 9 to 12 here next Sunday morning, or Saturday morning. Love to have you do that. There are all kinds of things that have been linked together with a common ailment. Frequent headaches, jaw clenching or pain, grinding teeth, tremors, trembling of hands, neck ache, back pain, muscle spasms, lightheadedness, faintness, dizziness, ringing in the ears, buzzing and popping sounds, frequent blushing, sweating, cold or sweaty hands or feet, dry mouth, problem solving, uh, sorry, problem swallowing, frequent colds and infections, rashes, itches, hives, goose flesh, unexplained allergy attacks, heartburn, stomach pain, nausea, excessive belching, constipation, diarrhea, loss of control, difficulty breathing, frequent sighing, chest pain, palpitations, rapid pulse, etc., etc. And you might think, well, yes, life could maybe be linked to those, but what else generally could be linked to those? But there is at least one thing that typically manifests itself in these kinds of things, and in fact, a whole list of them. I, I read about 19 or 20, and I've got a list of 50 that I could read here of signs or indications of what these are. What, what was this? Someone said long sermons. No, yeah. no I won't. Um, it's stress. Stress is what causes those things. 
heart attacks, stroke, high blood pressure, various cancers, autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis have even been linked to stress. And so we could talk all day in a sense about all the things that stress can lead to. 43% of adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. That means almost one out of two of you and I suffer, suffer somehow from stress and what it does to our bodies. 75% to 90% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. Now just think about that. We talk about smoking and the cost of it on society or the abuse of all kinds of things, stress 75% to 90% of all doctor's visits are for stress-related elements and, and complaints. What if we took all the stress out of our lives? It would make a difference. In fact, we would all, especially in the United States, I'm finding, it would take away great stress in terms of all those medical bills. It's estimated... That stress costs North American industries more than $330 billion a year. Which I'm, I don't know, I didn't look this up, but I'm going to assume that's got to be the uh, gross national product of some small countries. Well, many studies have been done of the biggest stressors in our society. One of the famous studies done by two doctors, Holmes and Ra looked at this and they, they gave a number of 100 to the greatest stressors that people endure. And so I just put a few of these down. This was the test line. This is the baseline for where they went. Loss of a spouse or child is the greatest stressor. Gave that a number of 100. Come on now. Divorce, 73 Marital separation, 65. Incarceration or jail term, which I would think would be fairly stressful, 63. Death of a close family member, 63. Personal injury or illness, 53. Marriage, 50. Losing a job, 47. Some of you have experienced that and know the difficulty and the stress that's involved in that. Marriage reconciliation, that's an interesting one. It's as hard to leave as it is to come back, or hard to come back as it is to leave. Retirement. You'd think, well, no, I'm just going to be relaxed. But I've talked to a lot of retirement people who said, number one thing that I hear for retired people is, I don't know what to do with myself. And I think there are people who actually retire and wonder, do I have a purpose in life anymore? And of course they do. Well, I thought about stress this week. Uh obviously because of our situation, but also because it's the very opposite of what we have been talking about for the last year. For the last year, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the place of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit is supposed to minister to us and bring us peace. And you just wonder, is, is this something that we exercise in our lives does the holy spirit have the impact in our lives that the holy spirit is supposed to have what happens when we have for example a change in the family member's health which isn't as big as some of the things at the top of the list but it impacts us 
And do we rely on the Holy Spirit to bless us in the midst of that event? Or what if we get pregnant? What if, Mike, you got pregnant? Wouldn't that bother you? It would bother the rest of us. But even an event like that, that we think is going to bring nothing but joy, brings some kind of stress into our lives. And there's another mouth to feed. And so do we, in a situation like that, allow stress to be mitigated by the presence of the Holy Spirit in those of us who are Christian? Now, here's the thing that I think stresses me the most about all this. It's the fact that this morning, when I talk about stress, and specifically the ministry of the Holy Spirit in giving us peace in our lives, and I think this is okay this morning, but... The thing that worries me is that I'm going to sound like a preacher. The thing that worries me is I'm going to talk as if I've got some kind of ready answer. If the Holy, as if the Holy Spirit can be something that I can just speak words about and that's going to speak it into your lives and everything is just going to be okay. And that we can be a little bit frivolous with this. A little bit trite and act like it is so easy. A pat answer. And I don't want to give just a pat answer. A simple answer, a syrupy kind of answer, an answer that says, I've got it all figured out. I don't want to sound like that at all. A few years ago, ah, there we go. Come on now. This bumper sticker was on cars all the time. And I don't know if we see this anymore. Maybe you still do. If you have an old car with an old bumper sticker, it might still be on there. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. And there's something about the bumper sticker, which I, I read it, and at, on the surface level, I think to myself, I get that. That's where I'm at. But there's another sense in which it kind of bothers me. Because it's so easy to put a bumper sticker on your car. And to not really have the peace of the Lord in your life. And so I don't want it to be said so easily. I don't want it to be said so glibly. I don't like it. When I'm watching a television preacher and he starts talking about how Jesus can take everything away from us and give us everything we want. It's like Jesus is some kind of fairy godmother. We can all be like Cinderella. Jesus is a genie. He just gives us what we need, what we want. We don't rub rub the lamp. We just say a prayer. And because if you have faith, then he gives you everything you need. And if you don't have faith, well, that's your problem. Because he's there ready to give you what you want. If you struggle financially or if you're sick, he just wants to give you what you want. So state it, name it, claim it. Jesus is the answer to your wildest dreams. What bugs me even more is when someone easily and casually links together my anxiety about something with shallowness within my faith. And so we hear people who go through great heartache and someone inevitably, some Christian somewhere, will say to them, you just need to have faith. And preachers say that. I can say that. You just need to have faith. Wouldn't it be shallow if I said to Robin in the midst of her pain and the loss of her father, honey, I said, could say with a big smile on my face, you just need to have faith. 
Everything is okay. Relax. Don't stress. The Holy Spirit is with you. It'd be so easy for me to say that. And I don't want to sound like that at all. And neither do the rest of us. And yet at the same time, I have known people who have endured great hardship, incredible stress, amazing challenges. And they have actually been able to get through those events with what I would characterize as genuine, profound, deep felt peace. And it didn't come from themselves. It came from their relationship with Christ and it came profoundly as the Holy Spirit ministered to them. And it's not trite. It's not superficial. It's not said glibly. It doesn't just roll off the tongue with a big smile. And so last week as I was preparing for this, before we went down to Portland, I called Jordan and Carrie and I went and I spent about an hour with them. Because you can't, you can't lose two children and endure the event and not learn something about peace and comfort and God's Holy Spirit being in your life. And so I wanted to share with you some of the things this morning that I heard from Jordan and Carrie. And I have to admit, I've, I've thought... And I've said and I've experienced some of these things even in the last few days. Here's one thing that almost surprised me. Jordan said that for him, it's actually been hard over the last 10 months or so to hear about the Holy Spirit. And it's not because he doesn't believe or anything like that. It's because he said we're in one sense already there. We are not unaware of the ways in which the Spirit influences us and even brings into our lives peace. And so Jordan, I think, feels, and you, I don't think he's trying to insult anybody, I think Jordan feels as though he's miles ahead. And he probably hears Kelly say things from the pulpit and he thinks to himself, you have no idea the ways in which the Spirit ministers to those who hurt and provides them with peace. And so he said it's just been difficult to hear about the Holy Spirit ministering to us when we live this every day of our lives. And so the things that I might discover in Scripture, the ways in which the Bible says God ministers to us through His Spirit are going to come out different to those who who are standing with him already and who have been hurting and who have then received from God the very promises that God makes. And so those of us who haven't hurt, in some ways we sit and think, well, I don't know if I get this. But Jordan and Carrie get it. And the Spirit has ministered to them and given them peace. At the same time, they both said, peace comes from perspective and hard lessons learned. Wise introspection is what brings peace. And so for them, of course, it's not glib. 
Of course, for them, it's profound and it requires wrestling and it requires time and reflection and prayer and thinking and backward steps and moving forward and the spirit ministering and giving them peace. And the point is that authentic peace is not gained with ease. It's not in ease, but with the, the, in the middle of life's darkest moments that peace comes. Peace can still come. But rather than through quick, superficial claims of faith, it will come through serious reflection, wrestling with God and wrestling with our experiences. And you can imagine that there are a million times when Jordan and Carrie have said to themselves, God, what are you doing And not for a moment does the Holy Spirit minister to them in such a way that all the pain is just taken away. But faith contributes greatly to their peace as a family. Ultimately, they believe. And Jordan looked at me across their patio and he said, you know, Kelly, he said, ultimately, you really believe or you don't. And I think that's right. Like you either really believe or you don't. And when you really believe, it makes all the difference in the world. And there can be an abiding peace even to people who lose two children. And even while they're still wrestling with God, wrangling with God, asking God why. They talked about how they see bitterness sometimes in other families who've lost children. And and Carrie said, and she, she just said this so well, and, and I was amazed at, at the way she could even say it. She said, are we to let the death of our children define our lives? What is it that's going to define me? She said, she looked at me and said, what is it that's going to define me? And another way to say that is, is death going to control me? Jesus says he's the victory over death. Where, O oh, death, is your sting, Paul asks. Will death win out among the living? With death, Will death capture us and control us and dominate us? And the answer is, not if Christ has conquered it. And Jordan and Carrie believe that he's conquered it. And so we need to accept at some level what has happened and not just seek a place to blame At some level, we need to accept and see what even God might be doing. And so Carrie talked about how sometimes she doesn't absolutely understand what prayer is. And you can imagine, you lose a child and then you have another one. What would you pray? You had prayed for the first one long. And hard. And you have another one. And you would pray. And you would pray. And you would pray. And you would pray. And then you may not receive the answer. That you have prayed for. And in fact. They didn't. And so what do you then do. With prayer. And somehow in the midst of all that, you're still going to have to have God's peace and the Holy Spirit ministering to you. And it won't be shallow. Carrie described for me how just in the last couple of weeks as we approached the end of graduation or the graduation time here at school that at Bearspaw, there was a young girl who got up and sang at a chapel service. 
And Carrie looked and her mother was standing in the back of the, of the auditorium, kind of rocking with the music as this girl was singing her song. And it was a beautiful song and it talked about her faith. And it was just a glorious moment. And you could tell that Carrie said that the whole audience was caught up in the, in the moment of praise and worship to God. And, and so she sees this mother of this girl standing in the back with this big smile on her face. And she's exulting and worshiping with this girl, her daughter. And Carrie said, I, I, I looked at her and I thought to myself, I want that. And so she got up from the auditorium and she went in the bathroom. And she fell down on her knees. And she said, God, I just want to experience something like that with my daughter. And then she said the words came to her like as if the Holy Spirit was speaking to her. And the Spirit said, that's what she's doing. You just can't see it. And that's right. And do I think the Holy Spirit ministered to Carrie at that moment and gave her peace, peace that most of us could barely comprehend? I think so. And so they even said, and this shocked me, Jordan and Carrie said, we could actually have another child. Which may be really hard for other people to understand. But it's because we know where Drew and Piper are. And so this is not as hard for Drew and Piper as it would be for us. And it wouldn't be as hard for a new child as it would be for us. And we could experience again the privilege and the blessing of having these kids with us for a while. Because we know that even if they don't continue in life, they're going to continue with God. And when she said that, I thought, my goodness, what am I experiencing here with, the, with what this woman is saying? That her understanding of Christ and the peace she receives from God is so incredible that she could say, I could have another child. And if the same thing happened again, God's peace would still fill us because I have confidence in who he is. And so we have a couple of passages that speak to us so powerfully. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. Jesus said, as he prepared for his death. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, my prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it is indeed beyond understanding. The Holy Spirit desires for us more than just biological life. The Holy Spirit desires for us triumphant life with a genuine peace 
found even through the wrestlings to come into our lives. And so there are deep reflections and there is still pain. At one point, Carrie said to me, people are crazy if they think that the peace of God takes away the sadness. And I think that's right. But in the midst of that sadness, when peace is triumphant in your heart and in your life, rather than left raw and bleeding, we're left with something abiding and deep that comforts our souls. And the Holy Spirit does that for us who know him. And so a reflection question this morning. What needs to happen in my own internal self for me to deal best with the best, biggest stressors in my own life after which peace can come? We'll reflect on that question. Gary just has a couple words. I just wanted to take a moment to uh, uh, let you know that I've resigned from the eldership. Um, we don't have a, a real good process for doing this, and a lot of times we think it's a, a time, time of personal stress or conflict uh, when people resign. Uh, certainly not my case. Uh, it's been close to 15 years, and I think it's time for a new face. So having said that, I think it's opportunity for some younger guys to be uh, planning more uh, uh, aggressively and uh, intently on stepping into that role. Um, I can say I was, in my perspective of our congregation here, we're in a very good place. Uh, we've got uh, an incredibly good minister, honest man in Kelly, a man of the word, uh, good staff. Uh, I, th- I think the... Uh, it's, it's a good time for for someone to uh, uh, join the eldership and uh, and get some uh, joy of, out of the job. And uh, I, I should say that I've enjoyed many parts of it over the years. But, uh, yeah, I very much encourage young guys to be thinking about that and uh, continue to uh, take us forward uh, as a congregation. It's an ongoing thing. It's, uh, faith is... Uh, is not a science, and uh, it's one of the biggest things, responsibilities of a congregation is to equip uh, people to uh, grow in their faith for uh, young families to uh, be equipped to pass on that faith to their children. And uh, I don't have all the answers to that, of course, but it is an incredibly important part of our congregation that we continue to do that with the help of our leadership. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy God, we call on your name this morning and thank you for blessing this congregation. I pray, Lord, uh, a continued blessing on the uh, elders that are uh, leading us, that you'll continue to bless them with wisdom and with an understanding of of your word. I pray, Lord, a blessing on Kelly as he... uh, uh, leads the staff and as he uh, continues to uh, 
study and, and present your word. That you'll bless him with uh, wisdom and understanding of what will best help us to uh, in our walk. This morning, Lord, I ask also a special blessing on Kelly and Robin as they as they deal with the uh, the challenges and the stresses of of losing their father and father-in-law. I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, help us to be a comfort to them. And as we, uh, each one of us, as we have gathered here this morning, I, I pray your blessing on us as we leave, that uh, by spending this uh, couple hours together in, in focusing on you, God Almighty, that uh, it will help us, equip us to uh, uh, serve you better this week. I pray through Christ's name. Amen.